It's that time of the week when we talk to our tech guy, Richard Pascoe, to find out what's happening in cyberspace, what's happening with tech, what's happening with phones, computers. <gasps> this man is a guru, and he joins me now. Good morning, guru. What's a, what's a computer? Sorry. <laughs> oh, see, just... see, that's a geeky joke. That's a real <laughs> <Yeah>. geeky joke. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Tech, what's this, what's this tech stuff you talk about, Paul? So, well... Yeah. You know so much about it. I mean, you've devoted your life to it, basically, and and you live and breathe it, don't you? So I enjoy it. I know you. And always had a bit, but you know, it, you know, it, do what you enjoy in life. And I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking about it as well. Well, you're going to talk to us about Windows 11 because uh, you've got the details now. You were talking a bit about it last week, but Windows 11, you've got the goss. I've got it all a gospel, so Microsoft announced Windows 11, so we know a lot of the details. Now, the good news for people is it's still free, people. That is good news, because there was a talk that it might be charged for as well. It's got a brand new design. It's got rounded corners. Are you excited about the rounded corners, Paul? I'm a rounded corners kind of guy. Exactly right. So, you know, they've moved the start menu to the middle of the screen on there as well. Whoop-de-doo. Um, there are split and multi views as well, so you can have two things running on your screen at once a lot more easier on there as well. They've got widgets on there, which looks a bit like the Apple operating system on there. It's, it's, we've got to wait and see it. But the big news is also is the App Store where you get stuff from there has been redesigned. It, it's, it really is Windows 10.1. So it's Windows 10 with a bit of a coat of paint on it as well. Looks really nice. I'll probably be trying it out next week or the week after because I'll be able to get an early release of it, put it on a machine, and we'll see what it goes from there, and then I'll be able to tell all the listeners. Richard, should we change here at FabFM to Windows 11? Because as you know, you're well aware that uh, Windows 10 has given us a few problems when it uh, chooses to do its update. No. I would say big probably no at the moment. Way, way too early. Windows 10 will be supported for the next three years, so there is no rush for anybody to move. But if you go and buy a new computer in a few months' time, it will come with Windows 11. Now, you know me, I've got the iPhone, and there are some people, and you love the iPhone too, don't you? I do. Yes, yes, yes. But other people have got Android phones, right? Now, uh, there is an issue with Android. So the operating systems for Android are all over the place. On an iPhone, it basically is, we all run iOS 14 point whatever one it is from the iPhone 6S and above. So, you know, the 6S, the 7, the 8, the 9, the 10, that, you know, all of the phones all run um, the brand new operating system. On Android, it's all over the place. So Android version 10, 34% of people run that. Android version 9, 18%. Android version 8, 14%. Android version 11, the newest one, 13%. Android version 7, 7%. 6, 5%. Android version 5, 4%. And 4, 1.5. Now, Android version 12 is coming out in a few weeks' time. You'll be, so the people with up-to-date phones out there, which is Android 11 and maybe 10, we should be able to go to Android version 12. The reason I bring this up, Paul, is that if you're going to buy a new phone today, ask them what version of Android it's running. So if it's not running version 11 or 10, you don't really want to buy it because you're not going to get the latest and greatest features when the new operating system comes out. 
Now, Samsung are quite good. They support phones for three years um, on there. But Apple uh, punched the updates down to the iPhone straight away. Google have to go along and send them to the manufacturer. The manufacturer sends them to the telco, and sometimes that all falls in the too-hard basket. So, you know, you have a good look at that sort of thing. So remember, if you're going to buy an Android phone, you want one that's going to run, you know, at least version 11 or 10, so you've got a good chance of getting version 12 when it comes out. Okay, I'm I'm not an Android person. I mean, I look at their phones, and I know it's a bit confusing to me because you you always like what you're used to, but I just don't like Android. It just seems, it seems to be what's the word I'm non non intuitive, Paul. I took the words right out of my mouth. There we go. Yes, I just don't. Well, we I, know, and and the reason I say is, you know, we know how to do things on the iPhone. Yeah, right? I, know, I, I just want my mail browsing. Yeah, but Android's a bit all over the place. I think iPhones just seem easy. Everything is easy to use. Yep. But anyway, so Shazam, I love Shazam. You know how much I love Shazam. Now, as music director of this radio station, if I hear a country song, I just press my Shazam. It will tell me the name of the artist. It will tell me the song and Bob's your uncle straight onto the old playlist. Uh, so, But Shazam, how popular is it and how good is it, Richard? It's great. Love Shazam. They've actually passed one billion Shazams per month now. Wow. Which is a phenomenal figure. And now and a total of 50 billion since the app was first launched as well. So Shazam actually started out as a text messaging service back in 2002, but when Apple put it in the App Store, app store that's when it really started to skyrocket. So um, the first Shazam result ever was Jeepster by T-Rex. You're so sweet You're so fine I want your Was that the very first song, Shazam? Yes. Wow. How did they... Well, I suppose they could work it out. <laughs> Who would, would that have been somebody at the Shazam factory or would that have been a public person? I've got no... I can't answer that question, Paul. You've stumped me. Oh, i got something he doesn't know. There we go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I reckon it would have been them testing it because you'd, you'd have to test it, wouldn't you? You would too. So somebody in there was a Mark Boland fan, so yes. Well, I'll tell you what, to the Shazam people, and, you know, some of these podcasts, they listen in because you mark up their Shazam and, and bang. You never know from somebody from Shazam could be listening to us. Shazam people, I love you. I love your app. Yeah, it's a great app. And remember, people, you know, you've got the app, but it's also in the control centre on an iPhone as well, so you can just go along and tap it in there. There you go. We're talking with our tech guy, Richard Pascoe, as we do every time this week. And Richard Telstra coming down harder on suspected scam calls. Really good idea, this as well. They're now blocking 13 million suspected scam calls on average per month. That's double the 6.5 million they were upgrading, well, they were blocking four months ago. So, you know, that's really good news for us. They're still getting through, though. They've got to be a bit careful sometimes about blocking some because they're very good at masking numbers, Paul. But one of the things they have been quite good at is filtering out what's called the Wangiri calls. So they started in Japan um, decades ago, and they were the one ring and cut. So you know when you get that phone call from um, Botswana on your phone? Yeah. And, 
and some that you go, God, Uncle Fred might be in Botswana. I better ring him back. Please don't ever do that, people. No, no exotic locations. They will keep you on hold and they make money out of it. That's why we don't go along and call those back. During COVID, of course, you wouldn't expect him to be in Botswana. Oh, he never left. <laughs> That's right. He can't even he, get there. He's not even... He can't, they can't get he never, there. He never left, Paul. So, you know, <laughs> honestly, Uncle Fred loves Botswana. He sits out in the sun all day and, uh, yeah, they will, we won't go any further than that. Yeah, maybe. look, the, the first joke he did, Bomb, so move on. <laughs> so, yeah, Telstra doing really good things about it um, as well, but the scammers are always trying to find a new way to get us. They certainly are. Hey, listen, on your list here, I, I haven't got a crap tech item of the week. Oh dear! Hang on, it's we not. Come, it's, it's not on sorry, your list. I, le- I left that one off. <gasps> put it on pause for a second because it's a beauty. I can put it on pause. <laughs> okay. No, no, How am I going to do that? All right. Well, I'll just pause. Here we go. All right. Just, just say. And now for your crap tech item of the week. Oh, you want me to to redo it? This is take two, is it? It's take two. Paul, oh, take two. Yeah. All right. Incredibly professional. Hang on a second. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just get the clapperboard. Okay, uh, Richard Pascoe's segment, take two. Go. <laughs> what happened? No, then, I've, I've got to do the bit, haven't I? Oh, shook. You do. Shookers. Uh, hang on a second. Take three. Richard Pascoe, what about our crap tech item of the week? Paul, I've got a beauty for you this week. A helmet that can read your mind. <laughs> That is, is just a, that is just funny when you said it. A helmet that reads your mind. That's funny. There's a, there's a company in America called Colonel, and they're sending dozens of customers across the US a fifty thousand dollar helmet that can, crudely speaking, read their mind. <laughs> now just... the listeners out there should be known. Read my mind at the moment. This is the biggest load <laughs> I've seen in a long time. It weighs the, the things weigh about a kilo each. <laughs> Like the helmets contain a nest of sensors and other electronics. So imagine that we've got all these things going out of your head and all of that. <laughs> and they reckon they can measure and analyse the brain's electrical impulses and blood flow at the speed of thought um, to see how the brain responds to the world. Now, this, is, this basic te- technology has been around for years. It's usually found in those gigantic rooms that you see on movies like X-Men, um, I'm not discounting the scientists at all for this sort of thing, but they reckon that the researchers anticipate using the helmets to gain insight into brain ageing, mental disorders, con- concussions, strokes, and the mechanics behind previously metaphysical experience such as meditation and psychedelic trips. Can I just say, Paul, I reckon the last bit, these blokes got absolutely stoned, <laughs> put a few wires and a helmet and thought it was a great <laughs> idea. So, yeah. But listen, Richard, in all seriousness. Yes, Paul. Now, they would have laughed at the Orville uh, and Wright, the Wright brothers, Orville and yep. whatever his other name was. Wilbur. <laughs> Wilbur. Wilbur and Orville Wright, they would have laughed at them. They would have laughed at the light bulb. They would have laughed at a lot of things. Maybe... We too, us two numbskulls, maybe maybe we're laughing at something that's going to be the future, mate. 
I don't think so, Paul. Oh, no, well, you don't think so, and I don't think so, but you never know. You know, in 10 years' time, when somebody has dug this up out of a time capsule, they'll say, those two idiots. See, it's now a reality. It could be a reality to be able to read people's <laughs> minds. I saw a bloke on stage last Saturday night that was able to read a couple of people's minds as well. So, yeah, well, he didn't have a gigantic helmet on his head, let me tell you. What was that? Like a little, uh, what, a stage act or something? A stage act, yes. Oh, and, and was he good? He was not too bad at all, Paul. See, not and he, too bad at all. what if he'd had a helmet on? He would have been even more sillier, so yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we move on now to what <laughs> us off. Now, um, are you going first or am I? I've forgotten. I've forgotten. I'll go first this week. All right. I'll get you in first. Like, you know what <laughs> me off, Paul? What <laughs> you off? The, the state of roads in Australia. Oh, right. We can put a man on the moon, Paul. We can have people walking on working on seedless watermelon, but we can't <laughs> fix the roads around Australia. You know, I think the roads around Australia are absolutely atrocious. Now, if you if you really want to know what bad roads feel like, ride a motorbike sometimes because really it gives your ass the biggest thumping of all time when you come along and ride them <laughs> around. They crack, they break. You know, then we get some blokes in, you know, who need to pull their pants a bit, come along, put a bit of tar and whatever they do to it. But roads don't seem to last. I don't understand that, Paul. I, I think they've made it so that, you know, they'll always have to go back and fix them. Can I tell you something? And you are, you've hit the nail on the head. We're, um, Marion and I were in Tamworth. Uh, many years ago, before we moved up here, we, we were driving through Tamworth and uh, we stayed at a motel and next to us were all these roadworking guys and the, the foreman of the roadworking uh, gang um, came up and had a little conversation with us. And I asked him that very question. I said, why is it roads, it, they don't seem to last these days? And he said, because the stuff that we use is not like it used to be. Back in the old days, you know, when, yep. when we were little tackers, uh, yep. They used a certain ingredient in in the road or ingredients, and these days they make it so that they have to come back and patch it up. It's because of uh, employment and keeping people working and all of that, and that's what they do. It's a different mix than it used to be. So, mate, you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I, I just think it's disgraceful. I, I really do. And and Paul, let's, let's get into it. We're going to put a two lanes down this road. No, next 10, five years, we're going to make it three lanes. No, next year we might make it four lanes. Oh, my God, why do we four lanes? We had a one lane going one way, three lanes going the okay. other way. Roads, just give me the well, shit. Well, I tell you what, you've had your turn. That's two okay. things now that, that <laughs> you off. You know, you've, you've, got, you've had your go. Let me have a go now. Okay, here we go. All right, I've got, a, up. I've got a beauty, and this comes from real life the other day. Marion and I decided we'd make an appointment to go down and get our vaccination, COVID vac, right? Yes. So we go down to Cairns, half an hour drive past Cairns. Why the... I don't know how the older members of our, our community can... They'd have to be spending money on taxis to get down there. They can't even have it in Cairns. They have it 30 minutes south of Cairns. When we have our... Uh, on our phone, we have our GPS, right, to find this joint... We, we are sent up a road where it's a dead end and we, we're trying to find and we keep going around in circles. Then eventually we found where this place was, right? Now, yep. and now uh, this was on the phone and I thought, well, obviously the phone map is out of date or something. So I got the old Garmin out, 
out of mothballs out of the the glove box, put the Garmin on, sent us down the the dead end road again. So, yeah, this is right. And then we yeah. eventually found the place. So we're sitting there lined up, and the people behind us, we, we Marion and I, going, "Gee, where's all that?" Going? And they said, and these people said, "We went the same thing. We went around to that dead end and all of that." And I said to the person there, one of the workers there. Why don't you just have a sign at the roundabout before you get up to the area where you go up into a dead end? And she said, "Oh, that's a good idea." <laughs> then there was then there was crickets, <laughs> and I thought, "Yes, a great idea. Why don't you do it?" Oh, it, that's not my job. Not my job. Yeah, that's not fine. My job, not my job yep. to make it easier for people to find us. Okay, so you had part two of your what <laughs> you off. I'm going to have part two as well. Okay. So we go in there, and uh, by the way, we'd rung up and said, uh, because uh, I won't go into too much personal stuff, but Marion uh, Marion has a sort of a gene in the family where the AstraZeneca is probably not the one for her, right? Yeah. Yep. And so on the phone, when she made the appointment for us, she said, told them this, and they said, oh, well, the person down there will make the decision on that, whether you get the Pfizer instead of the AstraZeneca. We get right. down we get down there and, it, and and the lady says, oh, you'll have to talk to the, the lady when you get in there. Okay, so we went down there, filled all the paperwork in, went down, told the lady about this uh, gene thing. And she said, I can't make a decision to give you Pfizer. You'll have to uh, approach a doctor and get the oh. doctor to give you an exemption. We said, well, hang on a second. We've come all this way from Port Douglas to 30 minutes out of camp south and they can't make a decision i thought oh, gee whiz so we both had to leave but before we left we had to go in and and get the paperwork looked at before we could leave and then we left and i thought to myself what a waste of time you know even going there but not being able to find the joint on the gps yeah. all they need is a sign up but no i bet you if i went down there now there's no sign and people are no. still getting lost going around this roundabout and then down to a dead end street do you know why they've done it, Paul? Why? It just keeps the numbers down. No, it's incompetence. It's incompetence it by the it Queensland is. state government. It It is total, total incompetence. And why don't they have this place in Cairns? There's got to be places, there's got to be gyms or buildings in Cairns somewhere. What about old people who have to go down there? And what if old, yeah. pe- old people can't have the uh, AstraZeneca and they get down there and have be told, well, buzz off? So here in, here in oh. Adelaide, they've got big clinics. We've got one at the Wavell Showgrounds. There you go. It's an enormous... It's like a gigantic warehouse in there. In and I was in and out in just on 20 minutes. It's like going to the COVID show. You could have COVID show bags and, you know... Did you tell? I got a, I got a show bag on the way out. There you are. Great. Make a day of it. Yeah. Birdie, <laughs> birdie, you get a birdie biddle show bag for being a good boy. So there yes. you go. Well, I'm, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not having that AstraZeneca and it looks like now the AstraZeneca is going to be phased out. I want the Pfizer. I'm not having anything but Pfizer and I know a lot of people my age... Mm-hmm. are waiting for the same thing. They're not having that silly AstraZeneca, they're having the Pfizer, and I'm having the Pfizer. I'll have the Moderna as well. That's the one that Dolly Parton had. Yep. See, I, ha- I had the AstraZeneca, and my 5G reception has never been better, Paul. Yes, you've used that gag before. Once again, uh, <laughs> once again, a gag that falls on its face. Listen, you're going to have to learn to tell these jokes. It's the t- you know what you know what, what, what it really is about? What? Timing. Hey, listen, we've gone long enough, mate. What about your website, mate? Head over to talktech.com.au. And I take it you'd have a little bit of information there about uh, the Windows 11. 
Yeah, so all be up on the website for people to go and have a look at, Paul. Beautiful, mate. Catch you next week. See you, Paul.